What's up, TIW Mafia? See that? We did an intro this week. It's not echoing this week. We have with us our first mulligan. Not the first repeat guest, but the first two weeks in a row. Thank you, Mike, for coming back. No Thank worries. Very Coach much. Mike Hollow. Thank we were just in the conversation, and so we're going to start early again, but I wanted to give... We did it last week, and there was no intro. We kind of started hot. Um, but we were talking about what you would do if you were going to run a school now and how you would do it. Um, by the way, WWE is looking at things. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, WWE's pretty, you know, made it real clear from a business standpoint um, today and that they're hiring talent outside of the independents. And um, if I was to own a school or run a school, it's basically trying to take a, a, a guy or a girl that's learning, that wants to learn the business and put them in a position with where they truly understand the fundamentals um, and all the little nuances in that they're coachable. So if that opportunity ever arose with where they had a chance to be looked at, um, it's it's not a recipe for disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, JP. No, go ahead. It's what I see in a lot of the new guys coming up. It's like you don't have the jobber anymore. You're coming up and you're being a star. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of the WWE doing is they're going to take this top guy from the indies and put him in dark matches for a couple of years. Where people know him as character X, and they're going to put him in two years so they forget about him and bring out his character Y. Mm-hmm. And basically remold him. Yeah. I mean, WWE, I mean, they'll tell you is that, I mean, they have a certain style that they want their workers to work. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to be able to figure that out with what they're looking for. Um, so, whether it's from a character standpoint or from a work rate standpoint, um, is being able to change with what you've been taught and hopefully there are good there are good habits um, that will allow you to flourish that environment with where right. you know it's not a cup of coffee and you're done right and, then, and that there's something there to them for them to be able to work with and they usually I mean when they bring those guys up I mean you look at some of the ones that they've done it with Mark Henry Kurt Angle and the longevity that's been there there's been a couple that didn't last that long mm-hmm. but for the most part they have a good eye for what's gonna yeah you know, even Brock Lesnar was someone that Paul Heyman pulled out of in, uh, like, a basketball audience somewhere, I think it was. But he was NCAA. Yeah. You know, so. And then what they're doing with, the, I forget his name now, the other Olympic wrestler has been, has been you know, just won all the golds and won yeah. the Oh, yeah, yeah, the kid that the yeah. yeah, they're getting ready to give him a big push. They're already putting him on, putting his name on TV, so. He's been, he was at WrestleMania. You yeah. know, even if you're not wrestling, but if you're there and your name's mentioned, it's a big spot. And yeah. one of the things that was exciting about for a guy like that, when you talk about Kurt Angle or you think of Brock Lesnar, it's being able to transition from that collegiate style to the entertainment style of WWE and being able to transcend outside the ring and being able to have that creative flair with where people want you, you can garner attention. Yeah. I bet you they already have his uh, merch out there and everything. <laughs> oh, pretty close if they have. If they well, don't, yeah, I'm sure. JBL put, said he doesn't want his merch out there because of is taken away from his heel character or something. Uh-huh. But I don't get that, but... Uh-huh. All right, money well, out of your pocket. Well, that's an old school... You know, to, the heel doesn't sell the merch because yeah. you're not supposed to like the heel. You're not supposed to want to buy the heel's merch. Okay. But since the but attitude era, though, the heel face line has been blurred. And that's a problem. Mm. Yeah. I think, it's, you know, I mean, Stone Cold was a in-betweener, and he pulled it off pretty well, but yeah. no one else has pulled it off quite the way Stone Cold did. No. Yeah. You know, in a cool, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You're an expert on pro wrestling. I'm an expert <laughs> on being a pro wrestling fan. 
But George Carroll, who, you know, now he's doing some really cool stuff, mm-hmm. and we won't even mention what he's doing, but he once said a cool a cool heel is a baby face. Yeah. He, he, the cool heel is, is the guy that wants to kick the boss's ass. He's going after authority. Right? But so then is that really the heel? Think about in everyday life with where someone would want to get retribution me. on the heel, on yeah. the boss, right? And you know Vince doing as well as he did from his character, then Austin and putting that together, yeah. it's chemistry and money. Yeah, the Vince McMahon peeing his pants on <laughs> national <laughs> <Yeah>. television, <laughs> crazy. You know, but yeah, it's. I I think not having the the you, you can, how are you going to have a Marvel movie? You think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is. Probably the biggest movie franchise out there right now. Yeah. What would it be without a bad guy? Flat. What would it be without the good guys? Mm-hmm. There always has to be good versus evil to create interest. Right. Oh, that's, right. That's, that's the nature of the world. It's the nature of the world, right? So the same thing, really, if done properly in professional wrestling, um, that's with what garners interest. That's what I'm... And that's... Like, I miss the jobbers. Mm-hmm. I miss seeing guys like you... When you would do your when you did your tour, yeah. or you know, like I used to love when I saw Dwayne Gill before he was yep. Gilbert, uh, yeah. seeing Dwayne Gill come up because I knew I was going to see a great match. Yeah, or even like people like Funaki who are phenomenal yeah. wrestlers, phenomenal, phenomenal. But they filled that role because they were kind of silly. They had their spotlight, but where I, they were kind of silly, they played that silliness. But you could see them work like amazing mm-hmm. stuff. They, I mean, guys like that, you know, Gilbert, you know, Fonaki, great cop and just great mechanics with where they can be given something and taking the ball and just run with it. Yeah, and they could make you question, even though you went into the match knowing the outcome, they could yeah. make you question it by the end of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Mario Mancini, there was Same a couple thing. of great yeah. ones, yeah. yeah. But Gilbert, ha- Gil- getting back to Gilbert real quick, he had you focused what he went through with the sparklers and he yeah. was, you know, burned it. <laughs> yeah. He had you focused but on he, him but right But before that. that, it was doing, he was doing Gill. Yep. He came out very, very vanilla, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was different, right? So yeah. you go from one extreme to something with where you see something <laughs> like that and say, what is up with this guy? Yep. That's, now, we, do you feel that's, I mean, I know it's just the evolution of the world and things mm-hmm. change, but do you think wrestling could be better today if it still had some of that I mean it still has some good versus evil it still has but it doesn't have the jobber at all unless I, I mean everybody's a superstar yeah and I th- I think one of the things that makes it hard today it's just um, it's it's fast right and, and people that are watching it either from an audience live audience standpoint or from a TV standpoint if you're not doing something that's creatively outside the box, people lose interest, and, right. and they go to their phones, and their attention span is so is so limited. Um, so it's really it's 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 changed how things are looked at and how things are done. Okay. Uh, now, we but but I'll say this: from a pay per view to a house show, there's a different mentality and a different oh. approach from a work standpoint. See, so you can see a you can see a hell of a match on a house show. With where in television you'll see a four-minute snippet right. of a small yeah. piece of what's really trying to be told, because it's TV versus right. a live audience. The yeah. house shows where they get to be silly. They get. To, I mean, I, I was well, at a house show and I saw Triple H move the crowd. Yeah, yeah. but the house like shows. That. The house shows also don't have the TV time constraints either. Yeah, yeah. correct. That, yeah, constraints. Yeah. That's the word. Yes, 
You uh, can, constraint can, isn't a word. It's sort of a mix of a constraint and a breakfast. It's a JPism. JPism. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm an old school, like I enjoy the old school better than what I enjoy. And that's not to say nothing because these guys are athletic. Yeah. These guys are entertained. Like, yeah. I love RK Bro. Like the, I think those two together. Yeah. And when that first happened, I said, oh, there's no way this is going to work. Yeah. And it, it, so it, it's great seeing Randy Orton laugh. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen that. He's he's learning how to be Someone. somebody That's, else. Yeah. So you think about that, that little persona change, right, with what that creates from a mileage standpoint, from a character standpoint, yeah. and then, you know, little nuances and being able to take that and put that out there. And, you know, and the audience now being on the edge of the seat and saying, geez, where is this really going to go? And how is this going to pan out with where you could take that character and do so much with it because his level of understanding in terms of how to project that. Yeah, okay. Right? I mean, think about that. That's, that is with where he is really in tune of not with how much he's doing in the ring per se, but with what he's putting on over the ropes to people to right. kind of pick up on those little tidbits, whether it's his mm. eyes, his mannerisms, his movements, his hands, it's those type of things that really say, "Geez, what is it about him that's uniquely different?" And, and the thing I like about that with him is it's he's almost playing second fiddle, mm. you know, and he's he's never had that other than when he was with, um, you know, Triple H and yeah. all that. But now that he's by himself and he's playing second fiddle to a more charismatic cra- ca- uh, character. And he's learning how to do that. It's yeah. great to see that. And it's, you know, giving a hell of a rub to um, Riddle. Right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, think about what we're... Not that he needed it to begin no. with, but like but for someone like Orton to be with you and to, yeah. you know, because he didn't... Orton wasn't isn't known for putting up with a lot. No, <laughs> it, it, it's great because <laughs> you see where Orton is here, grabbed him. Yeah. yeah. Switch. Yeah. Now Orton pushed him along. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing, if you look at it from a business standpoint now, you know, you use WWE, then you use AEW. You say to yourself, what guys in AEW can do with what Orton's doing with a guy like Riddle? You know, there's 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 no comparison there. Yeah. And they're creating another mega star here in WWE. It's right. like they have that, the, the comparison between them that I can see is like that, the brother situation, but the younger one is like, 15 and the old one's like 25 yeah and he's like oh, can't put up with him but he does and right. it works yeah but watching just what they're doing with cody yeah you know cody did you happen to catch what happened in the during the he had a dark match with kevin owens after raw no i didn't see that so the rock's mother was there and the rock's mother was at wrestlemania in the audience yeah. and they took him out. They, the two of them were fighting outside, and they did the whole, the fans going to hold um, Owens' arms. Yeah. He had the Rock's mother come up and hold the arms. And you could see him kind of giving her, like, the, you know, come over here, do this for me. Yeah. Really? Like, you could tell it really wasn't in there. Yeah. And uh, she held him. He chopped him, and then Cody was like, no, 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 come back, and, like, gave her a big hug. It was kind of a cool He's little moment. Uh-huh. But you yeah. could tell, like... He saw her in the audience. He yeah. knew who she was. Yeah. Gave her that support. Because they, they didn't make a big deal about it. They didn't mention her at all yeah. in the audience. Now you're going to see Cody Rhodes on Young Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. So the thing, the beauty of it is that you never know where seeds are planted. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the beauty. Well, right? this but this part. looked like this was... That's the art. So this reminded me of something that I watched Tommaso and Alex Arion do. Mm-hmm. Um, NECW... Their I, I don't know if you were familiar with their I and eight. It was sort of like a takeoff of the Super Eight. Yeah. And uh, 
they had in Holly Race for it. Yeah. And Holly was ringside next to Matt West, who was the yeah. booker and the promoter. And uh, Alex was kind of like trying to draw Harley into yeah. the whole match. Like every time he'd go around, would say something like, come on, come on, yeah. old guy, whatever. And just trying to draw him in. And uh, I think it was Tommaso that he had, like outside the ring, he was lining him up with the chair. And all of a sudden, Harley stood up, took his, picked his chair up. And you could see Matt West next to him, like crapping his pants. Because it wasn't in there. It was just... Alex had been drawing him in the whole time. That's where you pull the real emotion, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, you know. You got a great piece. But those, yeah. those guys right after that got a great opportunity. Yeah. And they got to go out with Holly and train for a while. Yeah. And that was... I remember when uh, Tommaso was that chaotic and then that opportunity came for him to go out there. You know, that piece is so important from the development standpoint. And I've always said, you know, our approach at CTC is that we wanted students to leave us. And you say, what do you mean you want yeah. students to leave? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, Jamie and I, you know, we wanted our students to leave, right? And not, cool. in, a, not in a bad sense. but Give a little pat in the ass on the way out the door. The, the, the one thing that we could do there, and I would say probably better than most, is that we could put together uh, for them a great foundation yeah. so that when they had an opportunity to travel the world and wrestle them in different places, you know, they would be able to know their way in and out of the ring, right? Because as I was talking about last week, you know, we're not the finished schools. You know, we weren't the Terry Taylors or, or the, you know, the Robbie Brooksides or um, the Matt Blooms or, you know, so forth and so on. But our piece was the foundation, which really needed to be solid, um, and that allowed them to elevate their careers. Yeah. And it's, it's you look at the guys who did that. Look at the... Yeah. The Biff Busick's, Oni yeah. Lawkins, the Anthony Greens, who yeah. put himself. Every, he Anthony yeah. Green, I think, was a part of every wrestling school in this yeah. area at yeah. one point or another. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I did with Josh. I mean, I, yeah. I'll, I'll share with you. I think I'm not sure if I said this to you last week, but Josh, you know, Briggs had spent two years with me, you know, training through Hollow Stables, and then I said, you know what, hey, it's time for you to go. Go. To, I took him to Furies and say, hey, here's Brian, right. and um, you know, spend some time with him at that school, and you know, and here's some here's something else. Hear, an, hear, hear another voice, right, wrong, or indifferent, or whatever it may be, um, and use those takeaways to own your craft. Well, it's you know after grade school, you know you get a high school teacher or a college professor. You don't lose that teacher or that professor. Like you can always go yep. back to that yeah. teacher, yeah. and it's the same thing. It's very so. Mm -hmm. He might have moved on from Hollow Stables and went on to Brian. Mm -hmm. But he didn't lose you. Like, he yeah. can always go to you yeah. and be like, hey, you know. Yeah. Help me work on this. Yeah. And I know he's someone that you're super proud of. Yeah. Like that's it's like the conversation I had with my daughter earlier this morning. She's like, you've told me something so many times over the years. And I, I listened, but I didn't really get it until I heard the same thing from somebody else. Right. Yeah. And it just, it, it just hits differently. I, yeah. What I used to tell people around here was to, to start a post, to start a bell time club. But, and Bo knows this. I've said this to Bo. Don't finish at the Bell Time Club. No. Go from there, go to Chaotic, yeah. but make sure it's what you want to do. And, you know, the other aspect of that from a business mm. standpoint and, and being confident as a trainer, right, and I understand schools have to pay their bills, but, you know, have your students go out and, and, yeah. And, yeah. and, and see different things that are going on with different mm. facilities here throughout New England. You know, there might be some, you know, uh, creative takeaways or in-ring takeaways that ultimately they're going to push our career right. to a different level. Now, would you do seminars? Yeah. Is that yeah. something you'd... Yeah, I mean, I've done them down in Jersey. I've done them in, in Maryland. Um, 
um, I love doing stuff like that. I think That's it's exciting, and I wish there was more of it. I mean, I haven't really put myself out there a lot, and, uh, you know, coming up to all of the COVID stuff, not really yeah. sure with where schools are at now, but I think that would be exciting. I'm, I'm always curious to see with what other students are doing throughout the country um, and with what other trainers are doing. I think that's important in just being able to give them, you know, some professional insight as well. And, um, you know, and more importantly, you know, as they're going in down this journey of trying to become successful and with whatever it may be, is that, um, you know, are they going about it the right way, right? Because there's all different flavors of ice cream, but, you know, there's, you know, everybody needs good direction. It's like, it's like a, you mentioned the business standpoint a few minutes ago. You got to look at training as a business ladder as well. Right. You yeah. can't get to the second round without hitting the first one. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think that is so so important. And, you know, I've always said to the students that I've come across with that I've come across is uh, have that briefcase mentality <laughs> where you know how to do your business inside well. the ring, but also the outside of it. You know, saying to yourself, what is your plan during the course of the year, first quarter through the fourth quarter, with where. You know, there are things that you can cross off the list from a development standpoint that you're that you're flourishing in. Or are you or are you saying to yourself, geez, why am I why aren't I getting any better? And having those true reflections and looking in the mirror and say, geez, maybe there's some things that I need to do to make things better for myself. And it's like sports in general, like coaching my kids playing little league going up. A lot of kids will look for you to make me better instead of it being me to yeah. make me better. I mean, I've had people blame me because they weren't successful. Mm. It's mm. Okay, that's okay, and that's, you know, it's, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't have it in you. Like, <laughs> because clearly, and like <laughs> this is where I, I've met you twice now. Yeah. One thing I know is that you know how to produce a successful professional wrestler because I've seen it, whether the person's made it to the WWE or they've been at the top of the Elks. Yeah. That person's been successful because yeah. they've done what they want to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's no problem with either. I think I, I think everybody should want to be in the top and everyone yeah. should want to be on TV, but that's not for everybody. And you know, my whole my whole thing is, you know, right, wrong, or different is being honest with talent. I mean yes. there's, there's there's not enough with where you know, you go to an independent <laughs> show, there's seven or eight matches and everyone's everyone's ass slapping in the back saying, you know, that was five star. But there's always takeaways and that was one of the things that we were proud of at CTC is we would have our shows and chaotic shows. But on yeah. Tuesday nights, we would have tape review, tapes, yeah. tape review, right? And same thing that they do up there is with where there's great things that we see, and then there are takeaways with where, <laughs> hey, we need, to, we need to clean this up. And it's not to, you know, um, hit someone over the head, but it's the same thing that Patriots do after a game on a Monday. One of my most enjoyable, some of my most enjoyable wrestling matches have been sitting behind Brian Fury watching his students yeah. as they wrestle because he doesn't wait for the tape review <laughs> He's he's screaming at them, yeah. You know, while they're in the ring wrestling, yeah. And it's, you know, <laughs> I get it because he's passionate. He wants to see these kids yeah. be the best, and yeah. let's yeah. face it, he's produced some of the yeah. best. Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, let's along be with honest. you, our name. I, I think that yeah, our name is on someone's forehead. Yeah, that's and, and they're a reflection in ring and out of ring in regards to how they carry themselves. Yeah, that's so. And now, you've. I, I, the people you've trained, just so we can remind some people, Ivar. Um, you were Biff was after you, right? Only no, Biff was Biff, there. Okay, yeah, Biff, Ivar, Tommaso, Kofi, um, yeah. Brian Black, Malonis. Kofi Chad. was such a cool story. Yeah, you know the one thing is, you know, I'll share this story with you about Kofi. 
This is this tells you a lot about a guy in terms of who he is as a person. Um, he had reached out to me and says, "Hey, they're doing a documentary on me, uh, WB, WWE 24/7," and he says, "I want you and I want you to be in it." Huh. I said, "Yeah, really?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "You were the one from the get-go that laid that foundation for me, that allows me to with what I'm doing today, and I just want that to be out there." That was he, right he, before he won the title, too, yeah, right? And he didn't have to do that. No, that's that's cool, and that's Kofi's. I've met him a couple of times because. You know, I only had the chance a couple of times yeah. before he made it. He, he yeah. you know, hit on so quick. Oh, I didn't know he wasn't Jamaican. No. Like, he showed up at the show. I was ring crew. I was yeah. so I was yeah. there hours early, yeah. and he'd show up shaking hands. Right. Come on, Kofi Kingston, man. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, his mother let that cat out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to, to, to play off that, you know, another scenario... So I had reached out to him, and I'd reach out to Tommaso for the students at uh, NextGen, with where they, you know, they both uh, called in and did Zoom calls. That's awesome. And talked to the students for about you know, forty-five minutes to an hour, just giving them their professional insight. You know, think about that: how busy they are, and just being able to get that information from right out of the horse's mouth of all the trials and tribulations that they faced, um, all the hardships, all the things that they had to work through, all the things that worked for them. Uh, and to be able to hear that, so be, besides me, but coming from guys that are on yeah. TV every week, I mean, is for that was phenomenal. That's that. So, no, uh, not many other schools but, in the world get that opportunity. But the the big thing out of that whole thing is that I look for is that they didn't forget where they came from. No, exactly. Like again, going back, you can't get to the second round unless you get on the first, and that holds true. You're not. You don't just make the ladder and stay there. Those rungs can come back down. I mean, Rock has even said, you know, there's been many people in my career that have helped me along the way. I just didn't become Rock because I became Rock. Right. Yeah. I mean, there were people that coached him yeah. uh, along the way that allowed him to flourish, whether it was an acting coach or a producer at WWE or whether it was Vince or whoever it was that allowed him to flourish. <coughs> that's, but I just love that Kofi because that Kofi story, and that's the exception to the rule, guys. Like, And Kofi worked hard. Yeah. For the year, what year and a half, a year yeah. or so, he was on the independents. He worked hard. He worked his ass off, and he find that diamond. Yeah. yeah, it was a, a good, right place, right time. I don't want to discourage anyone, but it doesn't always happen. Sometimes this handsome Johnny that was ready a hundred years ago. You know, there's another fascinating, you know, <laughs> yeah. talent, right? It was with where he heard no more than anybody, right? No, 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 never no, gave right? up. Never ever gave up. Um, perseverance through the you know to the hill, he, and uh, you know I think Kofi getting signed drove him a little too because that was when him and him and Brian Malone as I'm yeah. going to reveal the fourth wall they started doing um, the PX9 P90X together yeah. right around that time and I think that yeah. was the oh wait this kid did it we just had a hand in this helping this yeah. kid out you yeah, know absolutely yep. so and that's you know and then injury yeah injuries that would have stopped someone else. Yeah. Two, th three times yeah. now, you know, would have stopped other person's career having a want. Yeah. And he got better after each time. Exactly. And the thing with him is, one, I beat him in the hot dog eating contest. I don't care what he says. I'll have to write him and ask him. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, do it. I will. There was a, it, this, again, it was another NECW thing for Sheldon at the hot dog safari. And. <laughs> Sheldon said to me, because I'm a big guy, you think you can win this? I'm going to enter you in with some of the wrestlers if you think you can win. I said, I know I can win this. 
They didn't put any water out. I'm gagging. But I, I'm, I'm ahead, solidly, beating everybody. I down more hot dogs than anyone. Take that as a clip. <laughs> um, and You've had more wiener down your <laughs> mouth. I'm gagging. <laughs> and George Carroll's, again, on the camera behind us recording it as I'm gagging because there's no water. And all I hear is him go, kick him. And all I felt is the kick in the stomach, and I threw up everywhere. <laughs> and then you get to the ring, and Paul Richards is in the ring saying, oh, look, JP's back. What's JP stand for? And the ongoing joke at that time was I always said, just perfect. And he went, funny, I heard it stood for just puked. <laughs> and the whole crowd chanted. It was, but, yeah, and he, but it was from Johnny that wound up winning after I threw up. So I'll have to write him and say, hey, <laughs> you beat JP in that. Yeah, <laughs> he'll laugh. But he was always the first person at every show. Yes. There was never, and I said this about Joe, I said I've never met another wrestler who's early, except for you, the past two weeks, you beat us here both times. <laughs> yeah. But one time he walked three blocks. Yeah. I know, exactly. <laughs> but but he showed Handsome John, the Ivar was the first person there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's show. the thing. You see a lot of people with desire, but they yeah. don't have the drive. You need to put those and two together to get there. Well, if I he, think the other fascinating thing is that, you know, that I've seen over the years is that, you know, both guys and girls don't, can't really fathom how much work that really goes into doing oh. what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, all of the little things. I mean, th- I mean, I could go on and on, and it's information overload, and trying to process all of that and put it together from a physicality, from a mental standpoint, um, it's 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 overwhelming, and it takes time. Right. It's not. You don't start training one week and get in the ring the next. Yeah. It's no. you're months. good six months before you even start minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. You know, and it's different for, I, I'd say it's different for every, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Some guys six months, and there might be an exception to the rule. There are some people that are a, a year, some people a year and a half. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard. Was there somebody that surprised you? Like, was there somebody on day one you were like, man, this kid's not going to... Arch. Ar- oh, Arch, Arch kid. yeah. I remember, you know, as I was sharing the story with you last week, I mean, he had two left feet, two left arms, couldn't get out of his way if he, he tried. Um, but I'll tell you, four days a week at, at Walters, and he just persevered, and we put him through. He um, just, yeah, arch. I want to give a, someone that was in your class at Walters, actually, I want to give a shout-out. Sure. Uh, Mike Davis. Oh, yeah. Just had, uh, I think it was his, I don't know if it was his hip or his knee surgery done, so. Just wish him well. I know he good. tunes in, so yeah, and I know he'll be listening to yeah, this one. Yeah, I remember Mike. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. We grew up with me and Joe. Both grew up in yeah. Southie with Mike. Yeah, tell him I said hello. Many moons ago. I just wish I knew that there were schools around back then. Yeah, no. It's funny because we grew up with him and Pat Dillon, who both went to schools, and we had, n- and had no idea. Well, the only way how I found about Walters was through um, Paul Richards. Okay, Paul's and great I f- guy. I, I, I mean, I can't put the story together because it's been so long ago, but. Uh, he was the one that picked me up and, and took me to Walters. And, oh, cause, you know, okay, so he would have been touring with WWF at the time, probably. Yeah, right? it was. I think it was before that, because um, he was doing the IWF shows for Walter. Okay. Um, back in the early 94, 93. Um, but he was the one that took me there for the first that's, time, and the rest was history. That's a guy with a story. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. But that's now... You, you... And the other thing, we touched on this last week, but we got to, you know, again... Unfortunately, Mulligan. Mulligan. 
Um, you actually, before you trained, you had a job in pro wrestling, working for a small wrestling company, right? Uh, well, I don't know if I had a job for a small wrestling company. <laughs> I had a job working for a big wrestling company. <laughs> I, uh, it was interesting. I come out of school, and I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had become friends with Bernie Spotter, and he had said that they were looking for you know someone to, to work part-time over the summer. And next thing you know, it's two years later, and I'm traveling all around the country you know, and setting up rings in all different places and waking up in, uh, in the morning and not knowing where I am. And um, But a hell of an education prior, you know, that allowing me to see different no. things and uh, helping me to do with what I was able to when I got into it from the other standpoint. Now, because you you mentioned Fred, I got to ask. Yeah, Freddie. Did you ever work for his brother? What's that? Did you ever wrestle for his brother? Yes. You had any good stories out of there? No. Any bad stories <laughs> out of there? <laughs> uh, well, you know, what I will say is, um, you know, <laughs> Freddie was a classic true you, pro, right? I I've mean, heard he, that. He was um, just from a referee standpoint, and for me as a friend, you know, we still go back and forth today. Um, you know, he's down in Florida or in Tampa. Um, just um, the understanding that he had, I mean, he had two two very intelligent friends that were, they were very close, and so he was able to take a lot from them. Um, but a hell of a promoter, hell of a, you know, finishes, just a real good understanding. And, um, you know, I was grateful that I was able to become friends with him and, and yeah. use him as a, um, being able to pull as much yeah. information as I could. I've always heard great things. Yeah. I've never met Fred, yeah. but I've wonderful, always heard great, great things. And that's why he got to where he was. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. We did. We went to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan do a stand-up thing. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know Kenny Casanova at the time, but I recognized Kenny, yeah. and he was Kenny was there and sort of in the audience. And I could tell he was sort of giving the signals, giving the time signals. So I said, uh, I help out Sheldon at the shows. I do ring crew and stuff. And he says, first thing he says, do you know Sparta? Which one? <laughs> he, well, he was asking about Mike. Um, and I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> he said, ah, that's too bad. But then he started using me and Joe to kind of, control where in the crowd because there was some, some people that may have had a few too many on the other side that were trying the to get the more on the other side of the bar they said let's go over here so he was using us on on the opposite end throwing to questions, get more at questions. Yeah. it was a yeah. good time yeah. yeah we had some fun with that now um yeah and i'd worked for mike a lot um, yeah. but freddie hands down probably yeah um spot on nice that's yeah it's good to hear because you always hear the I'm going to say this, and I don't know either one of them, but I'm always going to... You, you you know the stories you hear about Mike. Yeah. And you always hear the Mike Spotter stories. You don't hear the Freddie Spotter stories. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tonight's no. the first but time the, I heard about Freddie Spotter. The Mike Spotter stories yeah. are usually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're interesting, and you would never know that, you know, they're, they're brothers, but um, Freddie was in a class by himself. That's... Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Now, what was his role? Because he was... What, like almost an agent with the WWF or something, wasn't he? Uh, no, I mean, he was doing their, their New England loop, doing their house shows, and then okay. he played a big part. He worked closely with Bruce Pritchard when they were doing the dojo shows. Okay. Um, so he, he, you know, and he was great for us local talent where he was trying to get us as much work and exposure as possible, um, tied in with Kowalski's at the time. So, um, you know, he did a lot for us local guys and um, trying to get us into that, you know, mainstream look and. So, again, you know, very appreciative of that over the years, especially early on where, you know, we were all trying to, you know, get on the radar. Yes, you know, so and he, that was he, a good way of doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, could, couldn't beat it. 
No, that's, and you never knew who was going to show up at those shows. No, you know, no. which there was some no. pretty good, pretty good lineups for those. Yeah, those independent. Shows. That was the thing back then. Is that could happen? Now that would never happen. No. You know, well, not, now you got someone walks out a door. They someone's following them wherever they go. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and they get this, like I say, they get at the, most of these shows. You get half of them are fans and half of them are anti fans. Right. Uh, they're gonna want to just take these pictures. Oh, you boffed this yeah. move, and it, next thing yeah. you know, it's why yeah. it's all over. And that's never been odd. That, like, we've no. always been the, I, I love pro wrestling. Like yeah. Whether yeah. I like what's on TV now, which I'm not crazy about yeah. it, I love independent wrestling right yeah. now. Like I love something about it. You know what I, I mean? It's drawn I me in 27 years old, and I still like it. I love the good of it, and I love the bad of it. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's mm. how you look at it, right? I mean, there are takeaways on, on both sides of the aisle. Um, there are guys and girls that are trying to cut their teeth. That are, some of them are going to have an opportunity to flourish. Others are going to, you know, find their ways out of the business, but uh, might be fulfilling a lifelong dream. Um, but giving entertainment for you know fans like us, that's the piece. Yeah. Did you see? So, never say never is happening sooner. Almost like what you thought, but not quite. Not quite. You weren't right. And the Undertaker is going to start doing a podcast on the Peacock. All right. So that's what never. Never say never comes from. Okay. I, you know, you never know. That's it. And so he's out. He's out of the ring, but he's still in the business. How many people have retired from pro wrestling successfully? Only the ones who stopped getting booked. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that's the. It's hard. Like it's I've hard. watched people. I've watched guys that? that I'm good friends with try and try and try, and then the phone rings and it's. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, be because it's the. I think it's. But on the independent level, I think it's more the camaraderie than anything. It's obviously yeah. it's not the paydays. It's nope. you know it's the hot dogs. Like I, Kyle, Kyle White, Kyle Storm, mm-hmm. and Evan Six are going to be tagging up a week from Sunday for UFO at one seventy seven West Street. Oh, okay. And those two have both been out of the. I don't know if you. I know you probably know Kyle. I don't know if you I know, know Evan. Yeah, I know both of them. Yeah, uh, they've both been out of the ring for. Evan's yeah. been out of the ring for what fifteen years. Pretty so close, close other than like one or two runs here and there because he can't be around. He couldn't promote wrestling without being a part of it, Kyle. That was his problem. Yeah. So you never know who that's might show up in a wrestling ring. Right. And that's, it's, it's you know, my call maybe. That, hey, I'm not saying anything. You know. All I'm going to say is this. You never know. Never say never. <laughs> that's, you, uh, so that answers that. Do you get the itch? Oh, I, I mean, I think it's um, something that's a part of us that will never go away with where, yeah. um, you know, but I, my uh, passion came from the other side with where creating opportunities. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I told you otherwise. I mean, if something was right and it yeah. made sense and um, it would, could work and to have fun with it, you know, why not? What I watched with, I don't know if you know this kid, Alec Price. Yes. So Alec's a great talent. Mm-hmm. What I watched with him when he was starting to do shows was, uh, he was trained by Bo, but yeah. Bo was using Benny, uh, Benny Jones. Oh yeah, another great guy. And yeah, yeah. and I'll, Benny. Benny's a good egg. I think Benny and the, those two were married for like a year. Yeah. Because Benny wanted to make sure he controlled the matches. Yeah. And you know, look at where Alec is now, mm-hmm. and he's doing every independent show he wants to do. He's traveling. I think he's been down to Texas already. He's mm-hmm. been all over the place. So. And he's he's been down to Florida and had a little talk and conversation. Yeah. yeah. 
So as long as he's staying on the, you know, the straight yes. path, and you know, he's developing good habits. So yeah. when you know that opportunity is to come the again, you know, <laughs> it's not with where, geez, I'm seeing the stuff that I don't want to see yeah. from a work standpoint. The thing with that, you have a conversation with Alex, and you're gonna, you Alec, and you think that this kid's a, you know, he's a young kid. He's and he talks like a young kid, and then you don't know what to expect, and then he gets in the ring, and he's. He captures you. Mm-hmm. He, well, he that's, the, you that's the type of person who not only does he know how to wrestle, he knows how to work. Yeah. You know, and there's, yeah. there's you, need, you need both. Yeah. Yeah, and he was one. He had, he came through Pat because he had some salty ties. And yeah. His mother grew up in Salty, and yeah. he said he wanted to wrestle. His mother called Pat up, and Pat got him hooked up with Bo. And I'd say he's Bo's best student that's come out of that school. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, yeah. and Bo's had a few good ones, yeah. you know. Yeah. But no, again, most no. of them graduate graduated to K- like Christian, and those guys yeah. all graduated to chaotic, chaotic. And then no, Bo's done a nice job with his students yeah. down there. Um, you know, and uh, he's a, you know he's got the Bo has a Kowalski trace with where yes. you know he wants to um, you know do it right, right. So that's the piece that's yeah. important. I've watched, I've sat in on some of Bo's training sessions, and he's yeah. again honest with the kids. You have to be, you know. And he'll sit there and ask me what I thought. Because, you know, knowing me, I'm watching as a fan, and I'd say, you got to take them down the street. we got to go into a bar and get into a real fight and show them how to throw a real punch. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because... And, you know, to your point there, which is such a, a, an important point, you only have mm. one chance. Think about this. You only have one chance to make an impression. Yeah. Where someone's going to stay with you for the duration, or they're going to get up, get they, and they're going to get a soda or a hot dog. Right. Yeah. And for the record, I do not recommend any wrestling students going to a bar and getting into fistfights. No, no. But I do recommend learning how to throw. Well, a you did that down in Texas. Yeah, we did with Brian Dobbs. Dobbs, <laughs> <laughs> Dobbs may have, may or may not have he thrown a few elbows at me. He knocked the big guy to the floor. He didn't knock me to the floor. He could have. Mm. I don't doubt it because I didn't. We it was after an event. We we did security for Booker T. Yeah, and this was after his event in. And saying goodbye, I don't know what I did. But Nobs was saying goodbye to everyone, and instead of shaking my hand, just started throwing elbows at me. And they, 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 came they, they, they were coming. <laughs> they were hard. And everyone <laughs> else was kind of backed away and yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, including my best friend, <laughs> you know. But well, I right? didn't so know what best friend's supposed to do. I didn't know what to do in the situation. It's freaking Brian Because I don't know how to, you know? he probably thought I was a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. So I don't know, how, you know, I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of took it. He's shooting on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I kind of just took it and laughed it off. And I'll say maybe. And we got a story to tell 13 years yeah, later still, you know. Nobs may have or may not have indulged a bit yeah. in yeah. a few drinks, but it was fun. Yeah, that, was a, that was a whole fun weekend. <laughs> Now, Bobby D's asked me a question. I think we already covered this before. He's asking, do you think you would make a good ref? Do I think knowledge? I've, I have refed, and I've enjoyed refing. Um, do I think I'd... I'm t- what I'm do you t- think you'd make a good ref in the business today if you were on, like, like say, <laughs> top-notch? I know you are, but you know what I'm saying? If you, would you be comfortable refing a match on WWE TV the way it is now? Yeah. 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 So, I mean... Again, I don't. We don't expose the fourth wall here too much, but the ref has a pretty important job huge, out there. Yeah, huge, and vital, vital more so than you people know, understand. I've been lucky that I've gotten to travel with like Rich Bass and yeah. a couple guys like that that uh, are you know top notch and referees are a godsend if they're yeah. good. Even director in the ring, they are. They are. I know. mean, they are the third wheel. You know, from 
from the production truck to the boys um, to if someone's you, hurt. Yeah, and you look at who's you know. I mean, I know Matt Bennett's WWE now. Yeah, and he was a he was always a ref. But who was the one that was the blowout boy? Oh, Dan. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Danny. Yeah, they, no, they, great. They, yeah, he's they, a great little talent. Yeah, great little wrestler. Yeah. They took him, he was a wrestler, and went down there, and they said, you're not a wrestler, you're a referee, yeah. and he's one of the best refs they got yeah. down there, you know, and that's... He, because did, he everybody that has role. all the pieces that fit to yeah. make the you know, And they did that with a few different people at that time. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, um, and that's key. They understand that role. They know how to... They realize that they're not bigger than the match. They right. understand with where they need to be and what their job is, yeah, and, and they that's do that well. You know, the ref... It goes yeah. to the refs and the ring announcers. A ref shouldn't sell a move bigger than the wrestler. Right. Uh, and, like, just looking at an injury, say. You can tell when, in, uh, when the wrestler's really injured because the ref the ref's there for a little bit more time. Yeah. If the ref comes up, touches it, and calls oh. the stretcher, he's not hurt. Right. You know? Sorry to break the fourth wall on that again. Right. But, but that, I mean, no, that's known, and the signs for that are known, and... Yeah, he actually saw Ivar throw his own up at one point. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that and I went, "Oh man!" Yeah. <laughs> but but um, yeah. So that and that's the thing is like, and the ref's role is a lot more than that. The ref's role goes through the whole yeah. match, and it's not just counting. We really three. try to make. I, I try to really and make a big one, deal of that. Part of it's being invisible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you see the ref, they're not doing it right. right. It shouldn't right. be about the ref. Well, out of the way. You know. It, it, it's like a stage play, for, you know. Yeah. Everyone but needs to know where they're going to be at yeah. what time, because yeah. you know there may be a prop coming through. God, I couldn't. I mean, I would. There was plenty of times where I was throwing stuff at the referee to tell, you know, <laughs> feed, feeding stuff to yeah. him to give to my opponent with where yeah. I wanted yeah. him to be, so forth and so on. Um, yeah. all, all of that stuff. Was that the footwork? Yeah. For for those that don't know, like. If whenever I heard someone talk about one of my college students, it's like, yeah, that's one of Mike's. Look at the footwear, yeah. and I, that's the one, that's one of the few phrases that I never figured out in pro wrestling was what they meant by the footwork. And I think you explained it, it last week. Yeah, it's I mean on the Mulligan show. On the Mulligan show, yeah, <laughs> it's it's such a vital piece, right? So whether it's whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's um, a, a quarterback in the pocket, not having happy feet, uh, second baseman knowing how to transition to a double play, whatever it may be. Um, it's those little things that really you know, stick out that allow you to be noticed for the right reasons. Yeah, yes. you would place your feet when you're doing yeah. this move yeah. as opposed and to that. Absolutely. Taking less steps. And less steps, not wasting steps. Less is less is more. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a vital piece. I, an old timer nope. said to me one time, I can tell if a guy can work just by watching his feet. Think, yeah. about, think about that. Just by watching his feet. It says a lot. That's so that piece always stuck with me over the years. With where there was something to that, and you know when I watch wrestling today, I'm looking for clean movements, right? And, and how they transition from yeah. one situation or scenario to another, how they, you know, how they position themselves, how do they utilize the ring, where are they in the ring, how do they get from different points with less, um, and that's the beauty, that's the art of it. Now, when you have a student, someone comes into Harlow's now, mm-hmm. and. Do they have to get permission from you before they go on a show? Yes. Do you allow them to go and like set up shows or? Oh yeah. And you know what I mean fine. before they're ready. Absolutely. I think paying dues and setting up the ring and setting up chairs is such a vital piece, and, and being supportive and, and going right. to see what what goes on. But um, I love building the foundation. I, I, I love my time setting the ring yeah. up. Yeah, it was great. It's. Um, I think you know. 
again, I don't want to pick on schools or, or, or the trainers that I think that you just create a disservice with where you're putting someone out there that's not there yet, and now they get a couple of matches right. under their belt and they say, geez, I'm ready. And then to play off of that, what I've seen more so than often over the years is that now that they're starting to get work, now they stop training. Right. Yeah. Now why? They'll think right. about that, right? All of a sudden, you get your feeling, you're learning your craft, and now you're getting matches, so and, I, and they don't want to go to school. I don't know the Red Sox schedule this week. I know they play this week. Yeah, they play, yeah. But I know what they do on their days off. Yeah. yeah. They practice. Exactly. You know? And, and that's so and those guys are professionals making millions of dollars, yeah. and they practice. So I, you know, I find it fascinating. So for all the schools that I've taught and taught at and, and practices that I've held, um, I only see greenhorns. I hardly would ever see a guy that's actively working on the independence today show up to a training class. Now, no, obviously they're not getting paid large sums of money like they are no. if they were part of the performance center. But those guys and girls are training five days a week, yep. right? Oh, yeah. And even, even if they don't go to practice, and if they're late, their shit's hitting the fan. Right. So and they're still paying dues. Down they're there. still paying dues. So and. Now you talk about creating opportunities. Why can't we do it here at this level, right, that are going to allow you to be better off yep. so when that opportunity does come, that you've been fighting to get a, to get noticed, and now you're not prepared? Geez, maybe yep. I should have went to practice. Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, I've done, I've done ring crew with Chaotic once or twice, not a whole lot. And, like, it's the students. Hmm. And those kids, I've watched some of that kid, J.C. Cruz, I think that's his name, I've watched him carry like ring posts by himself up flights of stairs, and those things are heavy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've watched him carry, just pick up yeah. five or six boards at a time, and those things are 16, 18 feet long. I mean, I'll share a story with you. I mean, the guys and girls that are training at the NXT, they, when they go to do their shows, they're doing all the setups. Is that right? All of them. Okay. All the now, stars are doing the setups, right? <coughs> and there's, I mean, from hanging curtains to ha putting down. Tightening ropes, do you name it, they're all doing it. So they're not too big to do that? No. Rip, are, no. You, are you sure? I'm absolutely 100% really? sure. Never get too big. The, <laughs> no, too big but I'm, no, yeah. I'm being sarcastic no, I, for a reason. Yeah, like, and I, I, you understand, but, I'm but, sure. Because think about it, right? So, you know, to them, that old school mentality, if yeah. you know, is you know, staying grounded is so I, so important. I had the opportunity to do ring crew for Chikara a couple of times when they had. Cesaro down there, yeah. and they had yeah Brian Danielson, and mm -hmm. uh, that was a paid ring rental, and those guys all picked up pieces. Yeah, and they were at the time Brian Danielson was doing Ring of Honor was at the top of it. Yeah, um, same thing with Cesaro. Yeah, um, yeah. same thing with Kevin Owens. Yeah, you uh, see, Kevin uh, Steen, Brock. Um, so and all of those guys. Have you look at it like, well, if I'm, I'd see like if I'm that guy, the top guy somewhere else, I've said, come here. I want to get that ring built quicker yeah. so I can roll around in it. You yeah. want to get in you there, you want to because it's a di you know, the uh, especially ring. for those guys. That was a ring they weren't used to. They didn't right. know the you know the. Yeah. So no, it's like back in the day when we played basketball, we'd have to go to another court. We'd walk around the whole court. Yeah, you want to feel the soft spots. Yeah, you know yeah. things like that. The only court with soft spots was the Don Bosco court. Yeah, that had <laughs> most we <laughs> Don Bosco was the where we both went to high school, and the, it was 
the the basketball court was in the basement, which was built over the MBTA, so it was literally a rubber floor. It's the building they were trying to bounce the basketball the off of, and there was literally soft spots in the middle of the basketball the court. <laughs> so you hit the, you dribble the ball, it just wouldn't move. But we we never told the other team. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that ugly yeah. green floor, the yeah. rubber floor. Don't but have a slide yeah, on that th- floor. but that's and but it's the same thing in the rings. The yeah. rings have different, you yeah, know. This and it could be the same ring you've been in every time, but this one was tightened a little too much. This was yeah. tightened enough, and yep. you, know, you get out, you want to hit all four ropes, all four no, corners. Exactly. Do you? How do you feel about now the out of mixed martial arts crossing into pro wrestling, like the Ronda Rousey's? Do you think if you're going to do submission holds, do you think mixed martial arts is a good thing to either know or at least watch and be familiar with? I think that the I think from a business and from a marketing standpoint, someone like her, I think it garners great interest. And I think the thing that that's fascinating is her being able to transition yes. into something like that and, and having a go of it and making it work, right. like a shamrock or yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's I mean that says Severin. a lot. That really says a lot. Severin. That says really a lot about yeah. them that with, where they understand that um, they're in a different environment. Know how to. And Seven was doing them both at the same time because he yeah. was going down to the ring with the NWA belt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny to see, like, the way I, I see it, like, with watching MMA, any promotion of MMA, the people who I, f- I feel, the people who are like the I'm going to punch you and kick you type of MMA, mm-hmm. they won't make it in wrestling. But if you're the shoot fighter, you're on the ground, well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to transition right yeah. over. I mean, that's what, what made Kurt Angle so special. Yeah. yeah. Just, he was able to, I mean, think about it. I mean, just tremendous transition. Yeah. That and he right was away. He was okay with being a goofball. That and he did yeah. it with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. You know, that's... Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Think about it. Won the gold medal, as he would say, with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Special. That was, there was a video of him, I think it was this Christmas... And he was like putting the star on his tree, and his wife's yelling at him because he's got his—he's got the medals around his neck. <laughs> Why do you wear those? I won these with a broken freaking neck. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that—it's crazy. And then that he transitioned so seamlessly into mm-hmm. it. And yeah, well, I, I think the other part that speaks volumes about with whether it's a Rondi or it's a Kurt Angle, um, or the other kid that's coming in now, is their ability to be coached, right? Yes. And being open so, and, and not being this. But really, being open-minded to with what that environment's going to be from with where they were at, and how to change gears, and how to and how to look at it from um, it's a business opportunity to to generate a lot of money, to become a mainstream name, and um, to tell a story, and, 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 and to be able to tell a, a, a fascinating story with where that might touch so many different people, opposed to just being that one-dimensional. So. And, and I think you know the other piece of that that's important is WWE, is the machine itself is able to capitalize on that yes. stuff and really create stars. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that's this lasting nice. stars after their time in the ring, they're yeah. still talked about. Yeah. Like Stone Cold will be talked about forever oh. in wrestling. Undertaker yeah. forever in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. There was I was watching and being able to be coached or not be coached because I was watching. I like I watch a lot of old stuff. And I was watching, it was uh, one of the Tough Enoughs, I think, with Daniel Pewter. There was the Million Dollar oh, yeah. one with The Miz. Yeah. And Daniel Pewter just ran his mouth, and Kurt Angle was in the ring, and Kurt Angle said, you think you can beat me? Yeah. Pewter said, yes. Pewter pinned him. Yeah. Like a legit wrestling pin, not a one, two, three pin. Mm-hmm. And the ref counted one, two, three on Pewter, because obviously Kurt couldn't lose. 
And Pewter doesn't have a job. Pewter probably would have had a job at the end of that if yeah, he understood. knew how to shut his mouth yeah. and pay attention. You know it's, what I mean? You know, it, you know I don't want to. It's less of this and more yeah. of this is is vital uh, to one's success. Yeah. You used a mouth afterwards. Yeah. Hey, I didn't like that. Uh, you did that. Can we not do that again? Yeah, no, you know, it's like know your audience. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> You're in the ring with Kurt Angle, one of the best, who was at the top at that point. Yeah, and just you listen, listen. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure Angle would have walked him through something yeah. that would have made them both look good. Yeah. I mean, all of those guys want to help, but if you want to be the type that's well, it's you know, I want to. Yeah, and that was never our approach. You know, what would you like to do tonight, sir? You know, yeah. what, you, what, would, what's, what, what would work for you? I think Angle ended it saying, get out of my ring. Yeah. You know, something not so nice. Yes. <laughs> but, yep. yeah, that's who, but, yeah, you, you said it right. You know, eyes open, ears open, mouth shut. Yes. Well, it, it's better to be the, 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 the chicken on the side than the cock of the walk. Well, you think about it, too, is that you're going into their house, right, or if you're going into the no. kind of promotions house. We're guests. Well, in that, and if, if, if there's TV... You got to go in ready to accept their story. Well, Dr. Tom said it best, you know, when he was doing the seminars for us at Chaotic, um, you know, we would send people to TV, and there's, um, there's more eyes on you in the back than there are when you're out in the ring because you're hanging around for eight hours. You know, the different people, you know, yes. know who's watching how you interact and yeah. how you behave and how you, you know, how you carry yourself. So there's more to just learning how to work. And, you know, there's the business side. You're going to be in that professional environment. You know, do you have a suit and tie on? Do you, are, you, are, you, are, you dressed, are you dressed accordingly? Um, you know, do you know who not to go up to when they're in the middle of a conversation <laughs> or who to put your arm around or in the middle of something? Um, you know, it's, it's all of those little things. And that was something that I heard Jamie say in a podcast from K- Jamie Jamikowski, yeah. who's doing Chaotic Wrestling, was that he always told his guys when they were going, yeah. if they were going to TV, you brought suit pants, yeah. a jacket, yeah. um, and then you bought gear, yeah. ref gear, and like there was a few other things he had listed in there that you had. Yeah. So that way, they, whatever they needed, you You're were ready, ready and you were dressed professionally. You know, you know, the story of Jamie and I, we were, you know, we were trying to do our thing with the developmental piece. Yeah. You know, we'd go to the fleet center or wherever we needed to be. We'd be in suit and tie, and we might have to. There are times that we waited eight hours, eight hours for a 10-minute meeting. That's Just think about that, right? To, to be able to sit down in front of, and talk to the powers to be, for 10 minutes and, and waiting from 2 o'clock in the afternoon to whenever it might be, but again, just understanding with what that meant. It's but the relationship test. that you guys were able to get because you weren't afraid to ask for it. Yeah, I mean, and, you, know, you know, the big thing is, well, geez, how did you do it? Well, we, you know, we picked up the phone. Right. You know, and they said, sure, come to Stanford and, and come talk to us. And I remember the first time we went there was myself, Jamie, and Ben Lentini. And, <laughs> Um, you know, down the on the way down, we were talking about you know who's going to say what piece and who's and how we were going to present and it. Nothing went. And, no. and, um, and you know, it, it works. Now, hollow stable, because mm-hmm. you are one of the best trainers in the world, hands down. Like <laughs> I don't, I, I think I don't think it's arguable. No, I think that for me, it's just um, there's a lot of great trainers throughout the country. Oh, absolutely. Right? So I, you know, I'll say that. I think but you know that just for me, it's just. Um, um, I've always said if you're going to train, depending on what you want to do, yeah. you come here, you go to Booker, yeah. you go to, if you're in the West Coast, you can go see Sin over mm-hmm. in uh, Vegas, and that's a little bit of, again, a different style. Yeah. But, you know. But, but if you're here, smart, you go to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, here, like, if you can see Mike Hollow, you yeah. see Mike Hollow because you look at his track record. Yeah. I think for me it's just, um, you know, ultimately you want to put um, a student in the best possible position to succeed. And, you know, knowing, you know, what that looks like and with what that takes and being able to build that foundation and being able to put different pieces of it, pieces of it together as they go along in their journey, um, you know, it's responsibility that I have is to be able to, you know, put them in that position. And there's a lot on them with where are they willing to take constructive criticism and being coached and, you know, and, and persevere. Um, but again, as a trainer, me, you know, wanting to get into the weeds when, and focusing on the little things uh, that are really going to allow them to get noticed for um, the things that are important. So when you do have the chance to go to the PC or someone's going to look at your work that's going to be able to, uh, that's a decision maker, you know, they'll say, geez, there's something there. I'm not sure what, but there's something there that we can work with because they've got this, which is solid, and will allow them to go here. Now, say you live, you don't have the opportunity of living, you know, in the southwest or in the, uh, you know, Florida. in the New northeast England. or in Florida, but you find a wrestling school, and you go in, because anyone can open a wrestling school. Not anyone can train. What questions do they ask? Without being offensive, obviously, you don't want to offend the trainer, but yeah. like, at the same point... And you really hit the nail on the head because anyone can buy a pair of boots and can buy a pair of trunks and anyone can buy a ring. And Amazon. Any yeah. of that stuff, right? So, from, any, from a business standpoint, do your research, right? You know, find out who's teaching, what they're about, you know, um, what their track record is like, um, and sit and watch. Right, and, and, and watch to see with what's going on from a yeah. curriculum standpoint or from a class standpoint. You know, is it structured? Is it two hours of, of good, solid work with where, you know, there, there are good things that are going on. Um, there's good conversation back and forth between the trainer and the student. You know, it's not beat down. It's educational. It's, it's, it's productive. Um, there's constructive takeaways. Um, you know, seeing with what the students are doing outside the ring when they're not participating. Is anyone, you know, are they writing stuff down? Um, are they you know, watching? Are, are they, they are, watch, yeah. You know, all of those things. With are they where, making sure the students have their notebooks? Yeah, all, you know, all of those things. With where if you're going to invest $2,000, $15,000, whatever it may be, um, is that you can say to yourself that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something out of this. <laughs> my notebook there you go <laughs> excellent but you know but you know what i'm saying because uh, let's face it there are schools and throughout the country that just want to take students money yeah and set I, up I set up for six months yeah. take some money go somewhere else yeah, yeah. and i find you know I, and for me and guy and for the guys that really the girls that want to do that right it's like having a bad promoter right that burns a town yeah I, you know oh, it's, it's, it, it doesn't work um and That's there need and there needs to be more good trainers. There needs to be the likes of you know a Johnny Vegas or a Sonny Goodspeed yes. or a Scott Reed. I mean you know guys you know that ultimately will so. want to, that want to do it right because if not it's um it's wrong. It's wrong. That's and that um, and if you're and if you're in the business to take take someone's money. That's even worse. Yeah, the, but unfortunately, that exists, yeah, and that's on the promoter end. That's on the student. That's on the school end. Yeah, that's in almost it's any sports it entertainment. It is business, yeah, it whether is. it's you're setting up a baseball league. Or, yeah, and, you I, know. and I've said I've said to people, right, and I'm not trying to chew my own horn. Just Google my name. That's right. it, right? And you know, and 
Yay or nay? I right. found you on OnlyFans. What's that? I found you on OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, what is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a uh, independent, independent uh, adult adult entertainment. Oh. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Way no. to kill that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But no, no but cool. like you Google you, and the first picture that shows up is you and Walter. You and Killer yeah. Kowalski. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you that I didn't ask you last, that I asked everybody that's come on that's come out of there. You ever let them put the claw on? Yeah. How bad did it hurt? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> Most people, like, bow cringes. Yeah. If you talk about the claw, which yeah. seems ridiculous. But when you look at his hands, like, I have a big hand, and it looks like Kowalski's yeah. hands are like five times the size of mine. I remember the first time I shook Walter's hand. It was like, and it just. just like, it, he's shaking a little kid's they, hand. Just massive. They really say that claw killed. Yeah. Incredibly, and incredibly strong. That's one of the. And that's one of the most protective holds. Around this area, right? You don't see that really done anywhere no. now, but like that's so coveted here. Yeah, you know, which is really cool because you don't see that anymore. Nope. I mean, you see three different people in WWE doing a stunner. Right. You, you look know. at what they did to the super kick. You know, yeah. the, that was a sacred move. Yeah. And so, because I had suggested, Bo was teaming up with DC Dillinger at one time, and they were—I forget the name of the team. It was like Killers Boys or something, something along that lines. So of like it was paying lineage to Killer Kowalski. Yeah. And I said, why don't you guys do the killer device where one of you gets them up, and like uh, so it'd play off of the doomsday device, but instead of hitting the clothesline with them up, you hit the claw with them up and drive them down. And they never get the chance to do it because the the tag team was short lived. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I that think that would have cool. been a cool move. And the, like, what a name, the yeah. killer device. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I you know I can't say enough. You know, talking about Walter. I mean, if you think about it. And, you know, I'm driving here today in hindsight and thinking about from, you know, 1992 and here it is 2022, right? Thanks. So if it wasn't for, you know, him back in 1994, you know, giving me the opportunity, you know, to do with what, I, you know, and I, I didn't know anything about training in 1994. I can tell you that I made a hundred mistakes worth where, um, geez, I'll never do that again. But in, the, in, the, in the, the big picture of him giving me that opportunity, I mean, I want to be sitting here today having a conversation with that's, you guys. I mean, well, and that's, that's, that, is, that itself is, is fascinating with where, um, I mean, it's a long time, yes. right? And, um, you know, it, it, it just, wasn't that long. I mean, I graduated high school in 92, so it was like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> even with that, though, no matter what level you're on, mistakes happen. You just right. need to know how to carry on after. Yeah, I mean, I, so, it, it, you know, one of the things I'll share with you from a teaching standpoint that I thought was the norm um, and that really learned from, you know, understanding personalities and people's and behaviors is that, you know, Walter was old school, right? He didn't mean anything by it, but he was very gruff, right? So he was loud and over the top yeah. and, you know, so I said, well, <laughs> geez, that must be the way. And, you know, as you get older and you're learning how, you know, your students have, each student is, is uniquely different, right? And being able to, some guys can put your arm around, some guys you need to kick in the ass, um, so forth and so on. And they all have their different learning styles. So, you know, good trainers understand that how you're going to get the most out of your students instead of, I'm going to hit you over the head and go from there. Yeah. You can stay, you have two students standing together next to each other and you can go up and yell but at one but you can talk softly yeah, to the other. You, I mean you had a reputation as a tough teacher. I was. You know. And, and then I, I meet you and you're like this 
down to earth, very nice, humble, humble as anything. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, I, you know, it, when you say tough, in like what respect, with where? Well, that you, like I think you were calling it honest. You know, yeah, but you. Yeah, I was honest. You would you would call the shifts the shifts for it, lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, and you know whether it was Walter or, or Pat or Freddie or Louie, um, I would be doing a, a complete disservice if I said to someone that was wonderful. Yeah. But it was the drizzling shits, right? And now yeah. we and now we want to build off of that, right? It's not good for you. It's not good for me. It's not good for the product. It's not good for the business. Yeah. And. That's right. and and you know that's my and you know gripe today is that there is not enough honesty with where that's going to allow if you think about that's with what's going to create growth and I think people need to learn to take that honesty as honesty and yeah. not as an insult <coughs> because if you're in so one if you're in a locker room and you're on the show you're wrestling and there's a vet in the locker room you should be asking that vet yeah. hey can you watch my match give me some notes after right. and you shouldn't expect a a high five, and it was a, like you said, it's a five star match. Yeah. You should expect a, it was good, but yeah, and take those butts <coughs> and fix them, like exactly, th- because that's not the person crapping on you. That's that person taking time out of the day to tell you how to be better. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. If you th- if you think that I was, you know, th- if they thought that I was tough and over the top, and you get to the level with where now you're walking to the yeah. curtain, and, and and Vince is waiting for you on the other <laughs> side, right? I mean, and yeah. and he can give an ass chewing. What are you doing? Right. And let you know. Let's let, let's be completely honest. I mean, yeah. um, whether and then take professional wrestling out of it altogether. Everyday business life. That's yeah. Right. I mean. Oh yeah. Listen, we all need to be coached in a way with where with where you know how are we starting here and getting here. Right. There are some pieces that with where we got to fill those gaps. So from an in ring standpoint, you know, when I look at things from a talent standpoint. You know, how are they putting things together and how are they progressing and growing over, you know, three, six, nine months, you know, and are they putting it all together and are they are they taking with what's giving to them from the trainers uh, and making it work to get ahead in their career? That's with what's that's with what we're looking that's for. And if you and if you don't want that, yeah, then don't be in our don't be in our business. And if right. you don't want to be coached, go sit in the couch. Yeah, and that's you know, I've had people That's right. Right. I've had people ask me for advice, and like, don't ask me. They tell you my opinion. That's you know, about it, right? You know. And I've had people tell me, "Well, shit in a hat," and I'm cool with that. I, that's okay. Yeah. You know, hey, that's fine, right? It's an old school saying. I haven't heard that in many years. Yeah, <laughs> and and um, f- because for me, it's it's not personal, right? And I mean, I don't. It's not with where I have a grudge against anyone, right? But for me, as a as a from a teaching standpoint, I want nothing but the best for the business. But yeah. I also want the best for the student. But I also want them to meet me halfway with where they have a stake in the game just as much as I do. Right, that's and they do too. Their stake in the game should be more than yours. Absolutely, because right. Because as I'm as, as passionate as I am about it, I want yeah. them to say the same thing. And now when I stop talking to you, you better scratch your head and say, "Geez, why isn't he saying anything to me right now?" Because you weren't uh, you're, you weren't applying with where we were trying to help you. Right. I was throwing you lifeline after and lifeline. And you didn't have your notebook and, and, out. And whatever it may be. Yep. You know. Yeah. You didn't have your notebook didn't out your taking notebook. those notes. Like That's it. Oh. did it for a year. That. That's great. Yeah, without training, without, without training. getting in the ring. What's you that say? You weren't more. You weren't watching the other guy. Right. Like, it's, not, it's not your turn. You sit there and watch. Yeah. You know. You know and. Pet peeve, you know. I'm watching. I'm in the ring teaching. I got chatter in the background. I'd stop and look and say, "Do you want to teach the class?" 
Mm. Are you or do you want to pay attention to what we're trying to put across right now? Because I'm going to no. ask you to do it. Now, this is a question I don't know the answer to. A lot of these questions I have because I've either asked you before or I just knew. When did you ask him before? Last week. Oh, that was a mulligan. Mulligan. Well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you had any of the guys that you've trained off of TV ever call you and say, hey, what did you think of my match last night or last week or whatever? No. You think it's just because of the agents there? Because the agents there are going to say the same, probably the yeah, same thing yeah, you would I say. Mean, you know, and it would be great if they did, but, you know, they're at a level with where that, all yeah. of that pertinent information's right there. I mean, it would be, it would be great, um, but no. Okay. No, no. That's, uh, see, I figured the answer would have been yes, knowing who some of them are, just because they're... I mean, I've written to guys... I, they always want to evolve. Yeah, and I've written to guys with versus Chiefs. I thought that, that was, you know, a good match, maybe would have changed this, and, you know, there might be a little quick thing back and forth, but yeah. not with where, um, call me on the phone. Okay. Uh, no. But they've reached out. Oh, yeah. yeah. see, that's... Yeah. I you're, still part of, you're still part of the character development. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think for me is that, you know, when you reach out to them and, you, you know, and ask them to, to do different things for you, yeah. you know, 20 years later and they're there, they're, 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 jumping, they're, yeah. they're instantaneously, I mean, that says... They know, um, what, they know what you did for them. Well, but they're appreciative of that, and... You know, I think their respect for the business and yes. you know, what they've learned from being oh in that man. environment and being around so is so is, has been stuck I, stuck with them. I wasn't a fi- I, I liked Tommaso as a person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of his wrestling when he was on the Independence, and I couldn't. I didn't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I love what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. I think he's at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. I think he's a thousand times better. And mm-hmm. I realize it's because. When he was on the independence, he was that much of a heel mm. that I didn't like him. Mm. Like, I forgot. His personality resonated. Yes. Yeah. Like, I absolutely forgot, and I just thought I didn't like his wrestling. It's no, his wrestling is great. And, and you know, the interesting story about that, when you, you know, talking about Tommaso, is that, um, you know, they, they hired him, and then Johnny Ace let him go and said, yeah. hey, go find yourself overseas. Find out your character. Find out about your work. You know, hone your craft. Fix this penmanship. And, and, and it just doesn't mean because they say no, they let you go. Doesn't mean take your ball right. and go home. Listen to what they said. Right. I mean, go, go, and now he's in an environment. He's, he knows now he's going to go to the next level. So what I'm really interested in to kind of oh. see with where where he goes, how yeah. they position him, um, and I'm hoping that he doesn't get lost in the shuffle. No, I don't I think they he will. Capitalize on with what he was so able to transcend down at NXT and make it work up he's there. He's gonna have <coughs> one of the strongest personalities, depending on what they do. If they well change his character, so th- 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 there's you know. the piece, right? So you think about with what he started with NXT from the get go. Right to with yeah. where <clears throat> when he finally walked up the ramp with where he closed that door behind him, yeah. um, and where he's going to go into now is so so important, you know, for business and his career. And hopefully, I hope that they do it right. Uh, yeah, I think, and I, I <clears throat> mean, I don't think he would have done it. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't have the choice this time. But I don't think if he had the choice. He would do it unless he knew what was going to happen. You know what I mean? I have a feeling. Because he's been so good. He's been at the top of NXT. You don't hold that title for long. You have that title and then you graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope there's some. And there has to be some conversations that are going up. Of what I, you want me to come up? What am I going to do? Yeah. I am have I going to be me or are you changing? Well, I think he has 
um, my perception is is that he has a very good working dynamic relationship with with Hunter. I think that you know, and, and you know, there's the piece. You know, you get two Kowalski yeah. guys. Yeah. Right. So you think so that will never go away. So there's something special there, and Vincent understands that lineage as well. And for and some people say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Me, I th I think that it does, and I think um, you know that that plays a part of it. But I think it's interesting. Stephanie McMahon just took a new job outside of WWE. There's pro. I think we might have talked about this. There's pro. There's professional video games now. Like where people actually get paid like huge money to play video games, whether it's streaming or it's tournaments, and one of the biggest teams is called the Phase Clan, and they just hired Stephanie McMahon to be their chief. I think their COO, hmm. or maybe their chief, maybe the CFO. Just like Shane when he went to Japan. Yeah, but Same that's thing. like th that's crazy to me, and you know, you know how to run a business, you know how to yeah. run a business. Yeah. And that's the face clan is just a bunch of kids. They're all in their twenties. Like the kid who started it's from like Worcester or somewhere yeah. around here. Huh. But they have this huge mansion in the West Coast now yeah. where they all live and they make content and you think about it like someone like Stephanie compared to someone like you and I, or all three of us. We grew up watching it. She grew up living it. Yes. Yeah, that's the difference. You know? Yeah. She can do it. She was she was honed from a very young age to yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Cut from her father's cloth. Yes. Now Mike. Yes. Where can people find you on social media? I know Hollow Stable. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, mhollow3. Um, uh, do you want them to find you or do you want them to find Hollow Stable? They can find Hollow Stables at hollowstables.net. Um, Eric Darnell. Is that, is that yes, Eric Darnell Anderson. He, man. He, he, found yes. me, he found me through Facebook. Um, there's yep. my, there's no, my Hollow Stable page on Facebook. And then there's my personal page. Eric is somebody who I look up to. Not literally, yeah. but quite figuratively, somebody who I admire as a person. And he was a great pro wrestler when he was pro wrestling. He he had probably the second most coveted hold with the sugar hold that he used here. <laughs> that people, like if you heard someone talk about the sugar hold, and it was, Eric can really stretch you out in that if he wants to. And I was trying to remember when... Uh, when I came across him as a student, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't oh, put my finger on the year. He, I, I don't remember. He would have started around the same time as you, I think, because he was. I mean, he always hung around with Matt and Kyle and those guys, and they all started right in that mid '90s range. Uh, but they were down in Rhode Island where yeah. he started up here. And linked up with them, but Eric, um, he did the sugar hold, which now the only person I've seen do it since him is Thomas Santelli. Antonio Thomas does it oh, now yeah. as the sugar free hold because he's a dying. Yeah. yeah. So, but for Eric to go out and say that you know some of the best lessons he got were from you yeah. in his time in wrestling. Yeah. That's coming from the son of a preacher, man. Yeah, I Preach was... on, I, Eric. You know, like I said, I just happened to stumble upon that, and uh, I reached out to him and said, thank you, and, um, you know, there's just one of those guys with where, you know, hey, you know, you, you make an impact, you try yeah. to put people in a good place, and, you know, obviously he appreciated um, there was nothing personal from uh, trying to get the best out of students, so I right. was thankful for that. Yeah, no, and Eric, well, Eric is another guy who would be super honest with everybody, yes. too, so... And he was known for his locker room speeches. Oh, was he? He, yeah. So there was a show here that someone tried to run that wasn't very successful. 
that was like a three-day show. Eric was known for his speeches, and he flew Eric in to do just to do the locker room speech, really, on this. And Colt Cabana was on the show. Oh, really? And Colt recorded this once Eric started talking and put it out there. Because he's like that, it was like that, um... You know, Texas high school football coach? No, uh, like more like, like the Paul Heyman before the first pay-per-view. Yeah. This is the show. It was more yeah. like along that lines, but he did a different one for every single show. Crazy. And you, always you pump the locker room show up. Like it's the big show. And get it the is. guys, get the guys going, get the guys pumped up. Yep. And that's important, you know, because that's... Big piece. Yeah. Big if you piece. go out there and you're just going to... Phone at home? No, not after one. Not after one of Ebony Blades' locker room speeches. Yeah, yeah. That's now. I think we're at just about an hour. I know we went a little over. We're at seven thirty now. We're at an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, we can do an extra credit show. Extra? I don't know. My battery's dying. I'm tired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Mike, thank you so much, and again. For the second week in the month. No, it was great. You know, thank you for allowing me to come on and you know talk about the story we, from where it started in the early '90s to with where we're at now. And yes, um, if guys and girls are looking for me, um, hollowstables.net is my website. Um, if enough know, people hit you up, the hollow stable will open back up. Yeah, anything. Oh. And, you know, I'll also say this: in, in wrestling, anything is uh, anything is possible. And as I said to you last week. Um, my teaching days are far from over. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that I still want to continue to do from a teaching standpoint and giving back. Um, hopefully we find some other gems here in the New England area that, can cre- that we can create opportunities for. You know, that's the big piece. And I, you know, like we were talking about earlier, just not to drag it on, but no, um, yeah. it's just um, students should be wise enough to go out and try to find different voices yep. to hear different things. and. It's no knock on other trainers at well, other locations or other schools. I think they're all they're all trying to do the right thing. Um, this is coming from a trainer that yeah. runs a school. Yeah. Like, so Just, I, I I would encourage. You. I mean, we never had a problem with with where, you know, go learn. Just yeah. that's the piece. Go learn. I know a lot of the schools work together anyway. Where if you, you try. go into one, you can you try right. I mean, no, you it's know. Just, why why be competitive right you you you're shortchanging the growth of individuals that yes. are trying to climb that way whether it's um, in ring lessons or it might be life lessons with where we can put someone on the right path with where they might be stumbling a little bit and helping them uh, in in that standpoint you know that's the other piece as well it's just not about professional wrestling and as i've always said uh, not everyone's going to go on to the show right. but everyone's going to go out to society Yes. Right. And if we can create a difference in society, then yeah. that's ultimate. That's a win. That is, that is the different piece of what creates um, unique people. And Absolutely. I'll leave it at that. That's, but thank you so thank much. You. Thank you very much. Jeez, I th- he, said he thought I was a heel. He said I was tough. Uh, that's, about, you know. It, it, my, as my kids, Dad, you're not at wrestling school. Stop. Stop <laughs> <laughs> the shit. <laughs> Well, you know who I know, so you can guess on who who told I, me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what people say about me. This, I'll, I'll be. You that, know, I'll shoot honest with. I'll be honest with both of you guys. There are people that fucking well, off the record. There are people that fucking hated me, right? And then there are people that adored me. So somewhere in the middle, right? And and for the people that didn't like me, just I get it, right? Because maybe I rubbed them the wrong way. Um, but it was never, well, never personal. Wrestling is a lot of alphas. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if you get two alphas in the same room. Yeah, and you know, and, they're gonna and, and, and I'll you know, I'll I'll share this with you and um, 
when I walk into a wrestling school, uh, it's not my call of at home. Right. Right. And not that there's anything special about me when I walk into a wrestling school, but it's it's the, the different. It's the but different that's your person. Work. Yeah, different hat. Uh, yeah, I'm d at home. I'm dad, right? And and I always I've always told the students when I walk in the door at this school, whether it was you know next gen or chaotic, it's not my right to be here. It's not. It's not my right. It's it's my privilege to be here. As, as corny as that may sound, right? Yeah. But someone someone came before me, yeah. right? That it's allowing me to to do somebody it. passed that someone torch pa someone passed that torch and if you think for one effing minute that i'm going to let the business get shit on because some guy thinks he's bigger than this that ain't right. fucking happening yep right and that's that's no and that's that's that's, that's the truth right that's it that's it so that but who told you that was tough as nails i, I know <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget <laughs> i forget good hey but guys thank you i appreciate it um i'll let you know when i when i turn the key back on and